The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. Support your healthy CoQ10 levels and blood pressure with two chews a day. Visit RadioBeatsBeets.com and save 15% with promo code DEAL. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a CW Spiral, a podcast run by two Barchies and a Bughead. We're your hosts, Sabrina Reed, Michael Patterson, and Reed Gowden. Bringing you history about the network, the latest news, and in-depth spoiler-filled discussions of some of our favorite shows on the CW. Uh, so, I think you guys, I think this is going to be like a little bit of a cute mini-pod, because we don't have much to talk about. Um... CW hasn't dropped news that we're interested in uh, besides like the big all-American news. Just to prepare everybody, we do not care about the golf. We will not be talking about the golf. Golf things are happening and that's CW business. Exactly. We don't know who golf is. (laughs) So we will not be covering that here, but we will talk about, spoiler alert, Tay Diggs leaving all-American. We won't say how Billy Baker has been written out of the show, but a CW vet is leaving a CW veteran show. That was a shock. Like I saw the notification come through on my phone. I was like, wait, we're doing this like five seasons in. Didn't see that one coming. I know when you get used to watching a show, I don't watch all American, but I know when you, when it's on for so long, you just, you get used to the cast and you don't expect something like that to happen these days. Didn't see that one coming. What did you think Sabrina? Cause I know you're um, a casual all American fan. Yeah, and I used to be such a big one too, but it's fallen off for, for me, so I've fallen off with them um, in terms of viewership, but I was surprised. I was actually messing around on Twitter when I saw the news, and I was like, oh, and then I was even more deeply in the phase of, oh, when <laughs> I saw how it had been done, um, but I guess I, if for something like that to happen, I wouldn't have expected it to be in the middle of the season. It seems like it'd have been something that would have happened um, in the finale, but I guess doing it in the middle of the season gives everybody the opportunity to react to the situation that has happened in the show and sort of figure out how they're all going to move forward. But I feel like that's going to change the plot a lot towards the end. I mean, the showrunner, she said how Billy's written out is how they'd always plan to write him out if um, Tay Dick was ever going to leave. Uh, so in that case, she like stuck to her guns and he was fine with the direction the story took and he understood why that happened. So I think, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a period of uh, confusion, well, not confusion, I guess a period of processing for everybody in the fandom, if they liked Billy Baker, if they didn't, then they're, they're fine. But if they, if they did like him, I think they're going to miss him. I know that um, I'll miss Billy Baker on All-American. There's already a, another season on the way, so we know that it won't impact um, that. True. It did have people wondering if um, whether or not the season was ending. I guess casual fans who didn't hear the renewal news probably, because it did seem like something that would happen in a final season. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm kind of glad that it isn't something that happened in a final season. I'm being so careful not to reveal how <laughs> <laughs> what happened to this man. <laughs> 
but I mean, it's a it's a good move. Like, I don't know if sweeps is still a thing, but like, it'll get people to tune in. If they weren't watching, they're going to tune in and be like, what happened? True. What did they just do? It yeah. is February sweeps. They don't talk about it like that anymore on TV. The soaps no, And I do. wish they would, because sweeps is know. such a funny, nostalgic word. <laughs> <laughs> like, it doesn't mean anything in this era of television, but we should bring it back. We should, because I feel like also some shows go on hiatus in, during February sweeps, and that's very confusing to me, because you'd think we would just be ramping up mm-hmm. to, to do something. But I guess some people, some shows do come back during February sweeps. I don't know. I just remember as a, like a young adult come <laughs> watching television house, like the, on every cover of an entertainment magazine, they'd be showing whatever big show was doing something huge during February mm-hmm. or May. Yeah. Bring it back. We deserve it. Yeah. As TV watchers. (laughs) But since like we're manifesting, we should manifest CW specific things. Starting with Justice U News. Are we moving forward? Are we not? I like, I really want to know. Justice U is like a microcosm of the entire CW right now because we still have hope for it. We're still out here waiting for it. And there has been nothing to go on because this network's quite dark at the moment. So I don't know. Um, David Ramsey is out here hyping people up, telling people that the show is moving to the stage as it should be. The pilot is, is he still now. As there was a recent enough update, yes. Oh, wow. Um, and the, the, I think is it the second draft was written. If things are starting to come together for like the creation of the pilot episode, whether that will actually come true and come to fruition as a physical pilot episode, we'll say. But I mean, like. I want it to happen. I think that's clear if you know me, but generally it just feels so rough out here with the CW at the moment that that felt like, at least for the old CW, a surefire pickup. So I don't know, we're manifesting a full season order, like the old days of the Arrowverse where it just went straight through. Make it happen. I'd take a limited series, like a 10 episode run through, I think would be fine. I think the CW should invest in that more since we're, be- we're we're being cheap as it is so why don't we if we're still on the hunt for scripted programming do a limited series in the interim mm, yeah yeah i mean they pay off for every other network and streaming service especially the ones where they're like it's a limited series and everybody watches and they're like wait let's do a season two like <laughs> trojan horse a, a limited series into a <laughs> full series <laughs> Ooh, that could be cool. But I will say I am team if it's a limited series, let it be a limited series. I know some shows like they can go past it and it's fine because it feels like they might have had story, but other shows I'm like, you know you you were done. You were done. (laughs) (laughs) This is true. (laughs) Also, we should manifest renewal and cancellation news just so they can put us out of our misery. Because this limbo is I don't like this limbo. This and everybody's sort of fandoms aren't cannibalizing themselves yet, but I feel that coming. The energy is starting to shift. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I We're think picking the, fights. Yeah. I think the renewal <laughs> of All American made people a little bit more anxious because it came so, so suddenly. Like we know the CW used to do sudden or sudden early renewals, but that one came out of the blue because we're just we don't expect that from this modern day network. But so, they always did like more than one. Like yeah, just exactly. doing one. It was like, why are what are you waiting for? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And it's so does it mean we'll get more? When will they come? We, are, we know we're expecting at least two more, but every fiber of our being is hoping for at least three more. Who knows with the, with the varying reports at the moment, but with just no, with no renewals outside of All-American, no pilot pickups, 
it's it's dark out here, but it doesn't have to be as dark. Give us a little bit of light. Give us a re- one renewal, two renewals. Pick the shows back up that you know are going to be a hit and that people love watching, like Superman at Lois, for example. Yes, or like, personally, I'll settle for better clarification on what goals the shows are supposed to be hitting. Mm. Because um, with viewership, you would have thought that Walker would have been renewed first. Instead, it was All-American, which is steadier, I guess, um, longer running and has a very solid fan base and it's sports. But I'm just, they we went into the television season with them being like, mm-hmm, viewership is priority. And I think now, that was a lie. You mm-hmm. think it's a lie? <laughs> I think that was a lie. Just to get people <laughs> to settle down? I don't know. I don't know if it was an intentional lie. I just, I don't know. I just don't trust them. Because obviously now we're like, it didn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> ratings didn't matter apparently i don't know i just don't believe that ratings were the be all end all especially right now because it's like you can't expect these shows to do a 180s the good one right 360s you just right back where you were yeah mm-hmm. yeah but that's what they did <laughs> <laughs> and then the fact that you have like walker for example which does feel like it ticks the boxes because we think that the, the network's leaning towards shows that uh, targets the demographic they want to target which is 58 plus walker's prime example of that so why hasn't it been the first renewed when it's both the most watched show on the network and targets that demographic why was it not the first one renewed all american seems to target the cw's original graphic of teens but then you have the sports angle which we know is where the cw is leaning into so what is the criteria for the renewals at this point no one knows and i just like no matter what either way i just want to know i at this point i don't even care if everything's canceled just tell me (laughs) that's what we're manifesting right we just want to know right that's we've gotten to this point after last year (laughs) Like, I don't even care. Just tell me. <laughs> just tell us. I mean, because I just I don't really think they need to be waiting to May mm. or even like brushing up into April. Like, just just say it. Let us know so we can like mourn like appropriately. Like, and move instead on. Of, and move on because we're going to. We, we already <laughs> went through like the mass cancellation in 2022. I think we've come out hardened. So like you really We're so notice. tired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we get to watch Nancy and appreciate it as a final season. I got to watch the last four episodes of Stargirl and appreciate them as a final season. So like I don't want to I don't want the same case we had of Batwoman and Legends watching a season and then getting excited about what comes next, only to find out that nothing's coming next. So I mean like at least let us appreciate what we've got while we've got it without the fear or the of the uncertainty going forward. Mm-hmm. I hope the mole was taking notes. Detailed, yeah. specific, bullets. Yeah, mole, we're being so specific this time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then the last one um, is new scripted show announcements. Like, I know, I think everyone at this point knows that they didn't pick up any pilots, but I believe the CW does year-round pilot exception acceptance. So it doesn't really matter that we're not doing it in pilot season or the traditional pilot season. But you know, since everyone's waiting for shows to be renewed or canceled, can we have some news on things that have been in development that they haven't spoken about since they first announced they were taking over, like the Hatpin Society? Yeah, I want to know, like, if they're going to cancel a bunch of our favorite shows, if they have plans to replace anyone, anything with a new show. Like, I want to know what, because we're still in the CW era. Like they're bringing it forward into this, whatever this is. I just want to, I, I desperately want to know what they, the new CW original scripted content would be. Mm. Like, does 
Zorro go forward? Does the long Babylon 5 that's been in development hell for years go forward? I have a sneaking suspicion. This is just me, tin hat, you know, conspiracy, me theorizing that everything that was in development that we've been talking about last year, Mm -hmm. off the Mm -hmm. table. Yeah. That might not include Justice U. Like, these shows are probably going to maybe continue to be developed, but the new CW Mm -hmm. might be like, eh, let's Mm -hmm. just throw that out with the (laughs) bathwater. I feel like Zoro is definitely gone. Yeah. And then um, Babylon 5, probably gone. I mean, it was Mark Pedowitz was protecting that one. And like, how is CW doing this sci-fi show in this era right Mm. now? I don't know. But in the name of manifestation, if they still want to continue with those shows, we're not picky. True. No, mm-hmm. it's gotten. To the, we used to look up CW trailers and like, eh, that's for me. Eh, that's not for me. I will take anything they give us at this point. <laughs> and I know. Specifically <laughs> scripted because yeah, they oh, did yeah, yeah, announce yeah. unscripted titles. One of them being a joke competition. Yeah, and, no more. But mm-hmm. okay, real quick though, they announced that so quietly, no one talked about it. I found that out being on the press like press site reading a release that might be intentional (laughs) because it was like a whole it was a whole unscripted sleep (laughs) i was like wait no one (laughs) oops Uh, and yet that's supposed to be 50 percent of the programming moving forward but we're not Mm. promoting it yikes well mall um if you could see through that all that shade (laughs) (laughs) and and run our request right up to the flagpole. Right on the desk with a memo for Brad. It's for Brad's eyes. Yes. Only. <laughs> <laughs> but moving on to what we're watching. So uh, The Flash, episode two of season nine, uh, aired. Um, well, it aired. <laughs> I don't <laughs> mind. My opinions are so different from Michael's, so I'm gonna let Michael go first. I'm so ready for this discussion. Um, uh, well, let me start by saying I have a thing for shows that do like the calm after the storm, or in this case, during the storm. Um, and it definitely felt like this was the Flash's turn to do that very character driven episode, very like lower quality episode very like um lower budget episode not an awful lot was happening because there was an awful lot of like two on two scenes in the soaps we would call those like two hundred scenes where there's just like two sets of two characters conversations plenty as the storm goes on outside and it was a lot of fun i do think with an episode like this you needed maybe a bigger explosion like the the premiere the premiere wasn't that big to warrant an episode like this to come after it but i mean it worked it's not the best example of it but it worked the thing I don't like, and this is a shocker and it didn't feel like a shocker, is that Danielle Panabaker's new character, who he originally called Snow, and we now know is Keon. Um what? Keon, I'll get, yeah. yeah, we'll get to that. Um replaces Caitlin because Caitlin is apparently dead. And they had no time to mourn her because they were all like, Welcome to the fam, Keon. And <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't yeah. mean to laugh. <laughs> That's a little funny. <laughs> <laughs> um I love the character. I really do. I really like the character. Um, but I so have we really killed off a season one regular character the whole way through because she's morphed into a different character and it's all right. You look like Caitlin. You sound like Caitlin. Caitlin's not dead, even though Caitlin is dead. So how why does this d- keep happening to her? I don't know. <laughs> um, <it's, laughs> 
And it, so, Every time you talk about it, it's like a different character. <laughs> <laughs> so a, a long story short, in season four, I think we find out the Frost that was living within Caitlin was actually a separate entity created by her father. But turns out that her father wanted to create an, another Caitlin that was called Keon. And we all thought Frost was that. But now it turns out Frost wasn't the real version of it. This is the real version of it. But this version doesn't have any ice powers or whatever. So I don't know what we're doing here. The only thing she has is like the blue like dip dye in her hair. And how is that related to Frost? You know what I mean? So I don't really get it. I love the character. She comes across as really nice. But um, I don't like the fact they've killed off a character. Frost got such a funeral, such an aftermath, such a, a mourning period. And we've already been told that because this is the final season of The Flash and their episode count was a cut, Caitlin's not going to get any of that. Now, I loved Frost, but Caitlin was a far more important character to The Flash. And you're telling me we don't have any time to mourn the character just because there's a lookalike now in her place? Don't like that in the slightest. Um. But yeah, I I I'll, I'll not rant too much because there's plenty of conversation to be had. But all I'll say is I like the character, I like the dynamic, and I like the conversations they had around her. Didn't really enjoy the lack of West Allen in the episode, but I did like that they were at least working together on the same storyline and not paired off in different directions. What do you think about that, Sabrina? Um, well, just to touch on Caitlin real quick, I think it's strange. I when I read that um, interview by. Daniel Cannabaker. I thought it was strange that they she was told that there would not be enough time to properly mourn Caitlyn because like you mentioned they had spent so much time mourning Frost and Caitlyn as a day one but also her mother is still canonly in the show so it just seems mm. I mean not to say that she might not pop up she probably could but the idea that they were really weighing to bring Caitlyn or Frost back like that's a serious question you can answer in um, like a roundtable style, give your best reason for why this person should come back was disrespectful. And I think it was disrespectful primarily because this should have been, if it's Caitlin's death episode, it should have just been about Caitlin. Mm-hmm. And but like, how are they going to say there's not enough time when you can just do like a 30 second morning montage? Because they did that. They did. They spent, I'm assuming they spent three to three episodes, right. On frost. Um, mm-hmm. with the also a big funeral episode, and they do not want to take that time because they have limited time in season nine. That's why it's, it's disrespectful. But I'm just saying, why <laughs> does it have to be that extensive? Because it's what she be do, and I guess they just don't want to do. I, to be honest, to be frank, I don't think they care to do it. Yeah, they on paper the, this sounds good but the execution let it down is that basically they said Caitlin wanted to bring back Frost this was Caitlin's choice to do this and Barry refusing to help her drove her to this so she wanted to bring back Frost and that ultimately birthed this character known as Keon and so they were presented with the opportunity that they can either apparently bring Caitlin back or bring Frost back which would then kill Keon but uh they couldn't bring back the both of them. So then they had the like, everyone had to choose between Caitlin and Frost. And I find that disrespectful as well, because I'm sorry, Allegra can say, yay, Frost. Chester can say, yay, Caitlin. Iris can say, yay, Frost. And I don't think any of them really justified it because yes, they picked their friend, but they also discarded the other one. And that was quite disrespectful to a character that's been in it since season one. But anyway, long story short, they decided not to let Keon make her own decision. And she was like, I'm going to live my life happily because this is what Caitlin would have wanted. And yeah, theoretically, that's true. They're all like, welcome to the fam, Keon. But they're like, 
accepting it as like a tribute to Caitlin that this is what Caitlin would have wanted. And I do, that's quite respectful. But on the other hand, they didn't actually mourn the fact that their friend is gone. So whatever legacy is right in front of you, this person you've known for a decade died trying to bring her back and not a single tear was shed. That mm. sounds disrespectful, you know what I mean? It, yeah, and then there's also, there's no examination of that have, having been a trauma slash grief response from Caitlin. Mm-hmm. Uh, because she had, like, Frost was her sister and at one point had been living in her head. Like, this, they had a extreme connection to one another. So, of course, she would have wanted to bring her sister back. Like, the whole point would have been to help her get through the loss um, rather than spinning that loss and what happened next as a means of honoring who she is as a person. And I just didn't care for it. I also, the reason they gave Iris for why she picked Frost wasn't it either. I mean, I am someone who just doesn't believe that Caitlin and Iris were ever really friends. I think they're family because um, Caitlin is Barry's family and they don't, I mean, they always tried to force it in the show and I just didn't really think that was realistic. It was fine for them not to be friends. It was fine for them to be cordial and friendly and both love Barry. Um, and therefore they're, they're, they're in the same family. So the idea that like, I'm choosing Frost because I, I didn't choose Frost the first time. I was like, uh, it would have been better if she said she chose Frost because that's her friend. Mm. Like, I just would have preferred that. Um, I, they weren't going to have her laid out to bury about Caitlin and I don't see it for each other. Because um, that's really not a reason not to bring her back. But to say, Frost is important to me. I want to bring Frost back. Frost is just as much as family to me as Caitlin is family to you. would have been fine. But again, it's just a conversation. Not None of them should have had it at all. Mm-hmm. It just it shouldn't have happened. But as far as the West Allen... It was okay. We didn't really get them until the end scene, um, which that dance party in the club was so cute. Uh, I just really also felt like uh, Grant and Candace broke character like several times because that seemed more like those two than it did Iris and Barry. Uh, But I also felt like the only reason why Hartley had a club was so that we could have that end scene in said club because that's his club is it not yeah yeah i that's that's actually one of the reasons i really enjoyed most of this episode because yes there were tons of plot holes i totally agree with that but it felt kind of like one of those darker season one episodes where they would take some time to uh, talk about something and then you'd have all these like supporting characters you knew from season one and then so many and it's such a nice ending with barry and iris as well definitely feels like something you would have seen in the shows earlier days the execution of the episode wasn't as strong as they were back then but aside from that the episode felt great but yes on the hartley note thrilled to say him he he should have been a series regular the whole time give me him over chester and allegra any day of the week and uh Yep, I said it. <laughs> and I'll say it again. <laughs> Do you need me to say it again? <laughs> uh, but um, uh, yeah, Hartley, love them. Glad to have the Pied Piper back. Yeah, his nightclub really had absolutely no purpose whatsoever, other than the fact they needed speakers for the fiddler to show up. And what were they co- celebrating in that scene? I, Sabrina sent me the clips, and I enjoyed it. But I was like, what are what? What was the purpose? See, oh, now we're just clapping. Said, yeah. <laughs> we're just clapping. There was no reason that Caitlin's dead, but let's go out and have a good time. I know. I was like, I was trying, I was gonna ask you. I was like, that's that it didn't connect with me, but I mean, whatever. I, the, Story they, of this show. Yeah. Material for the fan cams. I get it. <laughs> they, they got they got away with it because they brought Keon to the uh, nightclub as well. So she got to dance. So Danielle Panabaker was there, even though it wasn't Caitlin. Again, there's some loopholes in the storyline. Um but yes, uh, great to see Hartley back. I'm glad we're going to get to see him next week as well. It, it's, ni- it's nice to me that he got to 
bond with Keon because him and Caitlin had such a unique dynamic they didn't really get on that much so it's nice that he was he was all he already had those walls up as far as Keon goes and then at the end of the episode he was the one that insisted that she gets to make her own choice because she was nice to him I hope we get to see more of that dynamic because that was really really sweet just I love Pied Piper I wish we'd seen more of him over the run I hope next week's episode isn't the last we see of him but I'm glad he finally gets to stick around even if albeit as a temporary member of Team Flash because yeah more Hartley's definitely a good thing he was so dramatic when he went to go save her from um Chilblain walking through the lab and just basically screaming to break yeah. the I what was that the CRC machine? I don't remember what yeah. they referred to it as. Reed, so there's this machine that um they wanted to put Keon in because to use that machine would bring back either Frost or Caitlin. The science is not sciencing, <laughs> but we're we're just gonna accept it. But that's what they had been arguing about for the entire episode was once they found out that Mark was lying about being able to bring both Caitlin and Frost back, then then they are all were trying to decide to who they wanted to bring back not really respecting that Keon is her own person now like you they would now I understand why Savitar was the way that he was in terms of being <laughs> being a time remnant because if they would treat um Keon like that as if she's basically just a body for Caitlyn to inhabit again then yeah I believe time then remnant Barry he turns into Savitar when he said they treated him like trash. <laughs> it happened. You're like, the right villain was right us. all along. <laughs> yes. Who wouldn't? Six seasons later. <laughs> Vindication. Who would have thought? Um, but yeah, it was super dramatic with Hartley to unleash like his canary cry on, on the machine just to destroy it. it. It made a point. It was a tad over the top, but it made the point. Um, but also speaking of Keon, what's interesting to me is she has no powers. However, the storm played such an important role in the episode when everybody was saying, longest day ever, what a day, we're having such a bad day. And then when Keon got to make her choice, the sun came out. Now, if you remember in the middle of the episode when Keon was talking to Cecile, she was touching the window as the storm was coming down and said, mm -hmm. and said she felt incredibly connected to nature. So can Keon control the weather? Can she uh, make it rain? Can she make the sun come out? That'd be interesting. And I feel like the fact that Cecile can't read her thoughts definitely means there's more to this character than we know so far. I'm thinking water. Mm. Because like Frost was of course frozen water so if she if she's supposed to if keon's supposed to be more free-spirited and empathic uh and um generally it goes with the flow of things wouldn't make sense that her element would be water and also i guess some sciencey things with the brain and how being able to keep cecile out that way at least someone can at least someone <laughs> can keep cecile from their thoughts okay i see cecile on the outline and i want to know if this is her weekly dragging <laughs> <laughs> so it's more so i uh, i struggle with her every time she pops up on screen <laughs> but there's this scene um towards the beginning of the episode where joe is like we need to leave town because the more powerful you get the more you're likely to be on the front lines and i'm i was like joe is superheroing in central city is not tier based she's always on the front lines for one and for two this show is called the flash so she will never be in as much danger as barry is not to mention she's been hopping around crime fighting with them for a while why is now the time where he's like i'm scared for my life partner which now that i think about it they're not married yet are they what not I can't, I can't remember they're not <laughs> 
What is it her did... power? I thought all she did was like levitate mugs or something. Telekinesis, and yeah. and she's incredibly empathic, which I mean, and, but to the point where she starting to read not just people's emotions, but like not their thoughts, but enough to be accurate about what it is they're scared about or happy about which is a little confusing because she always assumes she knows people's motivations based on how she feels her, their feelings coming towards her <laughs> she's like i can read people's energy and their vibes yes <laughs> that, that, that's exactly <laughs> calm down <laughs> yes so she always assumes she knows why they're feeling that way and then the writing backs her up and i'm just like that's not how that works have you ever seen those TikToks where it's like, if you landed on this video, it's for you, and they like read tarot cards? I feel like yes. she would do that. If she, <laughs> yes. she, she would. She kind of inflicts herself on people. Now, I, I don't hate Cecile as much as everyone else seems to, but she does kind of inflict herself on people. And that's why people kind of like turned against her because she was just the recurring DA in the first three seasons. And then when she became a series regular in season four, she'd literally walk into a room. It was like, I'm getting bad vibes. Or what are you telling me? <laughs> I almost have to stand though. <laughs> just to defy. <laughs> yeah, like she's just like so ridiculous that like I have to stand, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I think I wouldn't dislike her as much if she wasn't used as a means of furthering the plot. Like she really is sort of like the exposition in human form so instead of mm -hmm. them just like they what they used to do is the characters would talk through their feeling now we can just be expedient and have um cecile tell you what they're feeling and then just agree and then we yeah. move on and it's yeah. boring <laughs> and terrible <laughs> and it was such a genius device at the start because she first got her powers in season four and that helped them defeat the thinker two minds going against each other made total sense but ever since then they've just they've done nothing with her and now it feels like they're trying to rush us in the last minute to make her the most powerful meta in central city and again the flash defused a nuclear bomb last week that ain't happening the flash is supposed to be the most powerful meta i will say the scene between her and joe the acting sold it for me and um, jesse and danielle nick did a great job in that scene I kind of wish we saw more just because they really got like really like powerful performances in such a short amount of time that sold it more than the material for me because I still don't really get where Joe's coming from I get that he wants to protect the seal but at the same time the rest of his family are going to be in jeopardy every day of the week why not stay and help them fight it to avoid them getting into danger they're probably just trying to write him out right they are the, yeah. the yeah. full season so but I just, I wish we had better material. <laughs> Make it look less obvious on screen. <laughs> yes. Um, I, I love when they're like planning on writing characters out and they're like, oh my God, I got this internship in Paris. And it's like, okay, that came out on thin air. <laughs> See, but the, that, that would be better because his excuse would be, oh, my son called, Wally called me. Let me go yeah. on over to where Wally is. Because he did that one time. Like, remember when, um, when Jesse had hurt his back. And so what they did was they sent his character to Tibet, to Tibet with Wally. And that's why he was, he needed a break. He was feeling like it was too much. And so he went to go spend time with his son at a monastery. Were we at a monastery or were we just I in Tibet? I think so. Okay. I can't remember. I'm pretty sure Wally was at a monastery at one point. So maybe. This <laughs> show. <laughs> so that made more sense. This this story bit for him is, is not it. But, you know, next week we're going to have to control ourselves because read the hotness is back right <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes no it's gonna be a good one um, but yeah all in all i enjoyed the episode very flawed so i give it maybe like a 7.5 not really in the same league as last week's nine of i'd give the premiere so 
solid, but it could have been better. I'm at a five, but that, that's no. okay. But I mean, like to be to be fair to them, I always struggle with Caitlin specific episodes as it is, mm-hmm. um, because I I just don't really she's not my favorite, um, and so I always struggle with her episodes. But I will say I do like Keon, and um, I thought that she was a breath of fresh air in the show she is bringing something different I think Danielle Panabaker is outselling with that character it's that was a very hard role to play and she's doing very excellently with it mm-hmm. um and I just need more of a silent content to balance this out that ending dancing I need more fun stuff since mm-hmm. it's more of that yeah. yeah it's apparently the best baby moon ever so I want to see more baby moon adventures yeah. <laughs> don't 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 do this Cecile and tell us how they're feeling show us Yes, yes, because you know, if anyone could take notes, even though it's too late, always take notes from Nancy Drew. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Uh, but to move into Nancy Drew, my goodness, like just always, yeah. you never know where they're going to go with the plot. And yet it always just works so well. Um, again, not exactly a bottle episode, but a hostage situation that kind of functions like one. Yeah. When I started the episode, I was like, "Ooh, fun. They're all trapped. And she has to, it's like a, an escape room with higher stakes. And then the way the story unfolded to be so powerful i was not expecting Mm -hmm. but if any show could do that and we've talked about this before how like each of the mysteries have an element of trauma to them and Mm -hmm. i think this one definitely did but it spoke to something um not that the stories haven't been like realistic but this one is like they're touching on something super timely and urgent Mm -hmm. that's happening in our society and it the way that they I don't know, just the marriage of what Nancy Drew does as a show and bringing in something super topical, I it worked, I think, flawlessly for me, the way that they were able to tell that story. Yeah, it was so effective. I have to say, I think one of the things we loved the most about early Nancy Drew was when it was more like grounded stories and more like the, t- the typical detective kind of show. And of course, we've loved watching it get bigger and more ambitious with all these supernatural stories. So when this happened and it was quite eerie with the camera and everything, you were like, is this supernatural? Is this human driven or whatever? And you got to see the detective work at work. But then the fact that, like Reed said, they brought in such a like topical and timely storyline as well. It was a very human episode and I think the way they accomplished that with showing you the different characters the way they felt things and making you feel about the main character or the character at the center of the mystery Dolores it was just wow I I, I say this about Nancy Drew a lot but I don't think I've ever man- meant it more about this episode than you, you know, I felt every emotion under the sun in 40 minutes incredible episode 
And getting to see it and hear it from Nick's perspective, mm -hmm. I think, was especially important. It was. I think the way that this is written um, is difficult. It's supposed to challenge yeah. your assumptions about a narrative. I, I I didn't check the dates to see when this would have been, when they would have written this episode, um, because there was a period in time in which there were a lot of news stories about Black women who were dying or disappearing within um, jails and um, nothing really being done about it. So this is a reflection of that, but like to have that, but also to pair it with the ways in which when black women or black girls go missing, if there is a white person, generally a woman or a girl who's missing, they're gonna get sent to the side. Um, and the minute um, that Nick was like, oh, I know why, she she didn't get what she needed and she showed it as i was saying i was like she's she's of color isn't she is she black and she was and i was like yep sounds about right to me um and then how we lie to each other like ourselves as people the way each person in who's trapped in that jail with exception to detective tomorrow who literally just arrived in town has no idea what's going on um just to make themselves feel better curated a version of dolores that justified their behavior and so we, we hear that regardless of the crime all the time but in this specific scenario in which this woman was slandered in order to cover up minor offenses to a major offense was just like that sounds about right too right like the miss mitzi who suddenly um dolores was aggressive and she's a possible drug dealer and like and then she then she wanted to protect her own children because she was saying that oh but if this were to get out they would be harassed look your children should not be harassed for your behavior but your behavior is toxic and it can lead to people dying and that is what happened same with i don't remember mr policy man who tried to i guess he wanted to make it better by going into policy i have no idea what that man was doing um and then the man who had an affair um and who but he didn't want to he didn't want that brought to light so she had to have been drunk like the only person who came out of that one clean was ryan and because he had alibi after alibi for why he wouldn't have been there which thank you because i don't need more ryan no. <laughs> I, I could need him to be like let's keep him the bumbling biological dad i know at first he was their, yeah he was their scapegoat at first and I, I was worried at first that it would have he would have contributed to it, but um but yeah, I'm glad it wasn't another Ryan pile on, but but yeah, what an episode. What mm. a what a mystery, what a just the way they handled it I thought was really brilliant. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. And I think they they used the format of the whodunit or whatever. Like we've seen this played out so many times, but I'm dare I say I've never seen it so done so effectively. Because like Sabrina said, everyone was lying to make themselves feel better. The the spotlight was on Ryan at the start. And you could sense the desperation in everyone to, else to find to not to, not particularly to blame Ryan particularly, but that once the spotlight was on him, to keep it on him because we'll get out of here and our secrets will be safe. And you're like, were they more desperate to get out of that building alive or more desperate to keep their reputations intact? Because like, like Sabrina said, everybody was saying what wasn't true. And it, there was like... I can't really put into words, but you could just feel it in the writing. I thought it was so effective. And I'll keep saying that word. I, I'm very, very moved by the whole thing. But Nancy Drew doesn't get the credit it deserves, especially in for an episode like this. I think the other thing is 
to be honest, I don't think these characters thought about Dolores past what happened. Mm-hmm. They went on with their lives. Like, and it's just, and that is common too. Like at first it was a story about a woman who fell through the cracks because of her race. Uh, then, and because of the the not having a um, enough resources to be able to handle two cases. Then it became a story about a woman where there seems to have been a cover-up. And then the, to expand on what that cover-up was, the type of, of cover-up it was, was just a lot. And I loved Nancy's righteous anger. Like after she asked her dad to, when she realizes what's happening and she asks her dad to trust her and then she pulls that door closed and she's like, rearm it. And I was like, oh, y'all are in trouble. <laughs> yeah, and- I love when Nancy is just, pissed and it, yeah. it wasn't i feel like at first she was doing this for selfish reasons she's like oh i need a win i need to um which was an interesting jumping off point from last week because the last thing we saw was nick saying i think we lost nancy and then they're in this situation so that wasn't really i guess touched upon um but it, she was kind of doing it just like the way that she always does it like oh this is a case to win this is another like another feather in my cap is that a saying i don't know um but one thing that you can always say about Nancy is that she feels things deeply. She's mm-hmm. very empathetic and she she ends up doing things for the correct reasons. Like the way I'm getting chills, the way that she saw how it impacted Nick and let him deal with it. She didn't try to like fix it or like talk him talk to him or anything. She just that I think it was the one I'm chills everywhere <laughs> thinking about this episode. Um, the when they finally are taking it all in and Nick is looking at the board and seeing how it all came together she doesn't take her eyes off of him in the background and I just thought that was incredibly moving that she's just there to listen if he needs it and then she walks away and after she kind of like touches him a little bit um, I thought that was an important um, visual to see because the episode I think also plays into a conversation that we had as a country, I don't know how far that conversation went, but like, how do I unknowingly contribute to racism, right? Mm-hmm. That was a that was a conversation that was had. And all those people in that station told themselves versions of the truth that they could put their hands up and say, I didn't, like, I, I wasn't, I had nothing to do with that. I'm not racist. But like, when Nancy points this out, like, actually no you may have not seen it but like this is how you contributed to this woman and her de- her death that she did not deserve um and yet this episode just chills so powerful and saying sending a message without really being like um hitting us over the head with it in a like after school special kind of way or like very special episode like it just it told the story that needed to be told the way that they excel at telling stories mm-hmm. it was also important i think as far as for nancy we've talked about her journey as well there are a lot of there were a lot of ambiguous people in that route station and this episode de- did a lot to highlight how nancy's reputation had fallen by the west side and how she was argued to be the most ambiguous person of all because of what she had done and um, recanting the statement for everett and I think that's, uh, first, first of all, total badass moment when she was like, I'm the arbiter now because she took on this case and she wanted to do right. And I think the, the conversation she had with the chaplain at the end where the chaplain said that your actions define who you are, what will people be talking about? I think the fact Nancy remembered who she was 
when she wanted to do this important, take this important case on and get to the bottom of it in such a short amount of time when nobody showed any effort of wanting to solve it beforehand. I think that went a long way in highlighting who the real Nancy was. And then that created the conflict over what she'd done recently. And how, how do you come back from that? Like her emotional breakdown at the end of the episode. Again, Kennedy just did a great job going through all those emotions throughout the episode. But my goodness, um, for being uh, for a- any other show that does an episode like this with like a robotic voice telling people to do something or get out or you won't get out alive, it's very much an awesome standalone episode. But this had this did so much work both in terms of important storytelling, both outside of the show and within the show incredible i feel like every time you start talking we're going to wrap up with a point like it was amazing it was incredible but <laughs> again to use that word effective i think so so one of the great things about nancy drew and especially in this episode is that these writers know how to be able to center their lead but also center a supporting character so like um, Nancy is very much at the forefront of this episode, but so is Nick. He's like a mm-hmm. quiet force through the through the entire investigation. And he's so open to finding out what is that. He's not making any judgment calls. He's not making, he's not trying to craft a story based on what he assumes happens. He wants the truth in that moment when he's basically begging for just, please just tell me what happened to her. Like what happened to Dolores and the way the dominoes just fall of how the way each character affected that woman's life to the point that it was no longer in her control. And I already didn't like Hampton because she's the same one who was in um in the episode with the five burning souls plot uh, who didn't want Nancy to be a part of the case because she had lied. Um, and so I was like, not you again. I already know it's not going to be good for you <laughs> in this, this episode. And it wasn't. Um, and to live with the weight of what they had all done, which different degrees of, of bad things, but then to just go on. Like I, everyone, like Nancy having to sit with and Nick having to sit with the fact that not only did you push her car into a ravine, you threw her body in the ocean so her family couldn't even lay her to rest. Like the amount of disgustingness that is involved in everything that happened with Dolores. And like, how do you justify that to yourself? Like, I know people do things when they're scared, but like this, this is beyond fear. This is, that's just, it's a lot. And the sad thing is, you can't really tell yourself that this is just a fictional depiction of real life things because these real life things happen all the time. Mm-hmm. They're just not, the case just not always, always solved. And it makes you think about these cases that aren't solved. I mean, that's one of the reasons why, and this is not a CW show, that's one of the reasons why I think people tune into Alaska Daily, which is that Hillary Swank led show on ABC. Um, because I think when it was first promoted, uh, it's really just about her being a high-profile investigative journalist who something happened and then she moves to Anchorage. But it becomes a show about missing Indigenous women and girls, which is also a topic that's not discussed. Like we're talking about women and men, women and girls of color who are often failed by the system. Dolores and Nancy Drew was failed by the system. And unfortunately, her mom was dead. So she couldn't get justice. So Thankfully, that reverend, who conveniently happened to be an electrical engineer, <laughs> like was able to to get justice for her. 
criminally, yes, but these were the type of people that you had to put pressure on in order to get the truth. But I also like that that pushes Nancy after she has a good cry on her fake birthday uh, to when she writes down Everett's name, it says jail at first and then jail's not enough, it's justice. So it's ju whatever justice looks like for her, that's what that man is getting. Nancy Drew is coming for him. And I loved how that, how the episode ended that way because it felt like, yeah, she put on the white beanie, but that does not mean that she is not still Nancy Drew. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she can try on the beanie. Like she has yeah. that right, I think. She can try on different identities. She's, I mean- they need to give the girl a little bit of room to she just her life changed she just found out that actually you don't know who you are yeah. <laughs> or where you came from and i think she needs to have time to grapple with that and granted she hasn't had a ton of time to do that because she's been dealing with french ghosts inside her best friend and like other people dying and the historical society doors open. like there's just been so much that like that's being pushed to the background and there are so many instances where she can actually give that attention. Um, but I think she did remember who she is in this one, whether it's a fake birthday or Nancy's not what her name was supposed to be, or she's not a real Drew. Um, I think she kind of remembered. Mm -hmm. And on that note, I really loved um, when the Arbiter is like, Carson Drew's coming up, you better get him out of here. He's going to be the first to die. And she picks up the phone and she yells at him. I was like, I know that's code. I know that's code. And I know that's code. And I was so happy when Carson knew what she was saying. Oh, I just, I love that. I love that she can talk in riddles like that. And she has somebody that understands what she's meaning. Mm -hmm. Like she's, I love Nancy so much. Like <laughs> <laughs> the fact that she can do that and think on her feet that well, I'm just like, oh my God, you should be president or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> And the episode was really important like that because it again, it, it, I think her actions taught us, taught not just taught us, but taught her who she was. It reminded her of who she was. And the fact that like Carson knew who she was, even when she was give, giving that like horrible message to him, it just, that is who Nancy Drew is. And I thought that was very poignant and uh, striking what you said, Sabrina, that uh, Nancy Drew is coming forever because I feel yeah. like she she now knows who she is. She's remembered who she is. And, she and beyond like knowing who she is, she remembered why she does what she mm -hmm. does. It's yep. to help people and to bring light the injustices and traumas that people go through that don't get solved. Like she's always the one that's like, oh, a cold case? In five minutes, I'll crack it. And I'll get these people justice. And I think that's what's really important. Sometimes, like, I mean, there's layers of it that's kind of like, oh, why is it this young white woman that's doing this for people? But I do think it's really important that she, her reasoning for doing what she does is becoming less selfish and more selfless. And that's her, her purpose drives her. And mm -hmm. I'm glad that she remembered that in this episode. And she's getting more and more attached to the stories that she she deals with because we did say at the start that Nancy was a little bit the missions the the missions the important thing here solve the case at what cost but in, like even with the lost souls episode that, that we watched the last week you, you saw how attached she got to the little girl she was helping this week you saw how important it was to her to help find, get justice for Dolores so she, she, I think that's again I'll go back to the whole action speak louder than words Nancy is remembering who she was and I think that's why she had that sudden like uh, breakdown when she realized what she'd done because that was an action as well as well and that was the action that forced her to lose herself because 
she was caught up in the whole I'm I'm I can have a relationship with uh, Celia here I could be a Hudson maybe and then now that the novelty of that's worn off she's remembering the like gravity of what she actually did which I think is driving her forward to get more justice for more people and remind remember who she truly is because regardless of what her real last name might be Nancy Drew will always be who she is and it was her dad's too that kind of gave her that nudge because at the police station Ryan was like one down 12 to go yeah and then as she's slicing into her birthday pie which was an interesting choice of um it was like a pumpkin pie and whatever um i guess it was november i won't drag it too much <laughs> <laughs> um but he's they ask how nancy got her name i think it was best to ask that and carson is kind of explaining why her mother chose her name and the she just like kennedy was so um evocative evocative is that a word in that scene where she just like uh, kind of emotionless you can't read what nancy's thinking but she stops cutting the pie and she's like i didn't change and then she just walks out and sobs because i think the weight of um there's also a pressure on her too right mm -hmm. to to do all these things to get justice for people and i think in that moment it just all came tumbling down she's like i just did this and everyone's counting on me to do this and i I love that she was strong enough to be like, I have no choice but to do this. Yeah, I think, so I, I partly like that scene. There's a moment of it I don't quite like, and that's only because I can't seem to escape Abraham Lincoln whenever there's an episode about Black people. We always have yeah. to evoke the man. But um, I will say that I thought it was a beautiful remember who you are moment. Um, to that not only did, did her parents and still do love her immensely but there there was a weight to the name that they gave her mm -hmm. like it wasn't just random it is like they wholeheartedly just pulled her into their lives and then they christened her nancy after her mother's weird obsession with abraham lincoln therefore named after his wife um but because of the speech the gettysburg address and what is it? They named her that for, because she's their better angel. And I was just like, oh, Nancy, right in the fields on the fake birthday. I was like, your father really truly came hard with that one. It was, it was very subtly, I felt Lion king except without <laughs> without Mufasa saying, remember who you are. <laughs> but it, it really did trigger sort of like a cleansing in her. Mm -hmm. Like we, I thought, to be honest, that Ace might have been coming up to the stairs. That's not what happened, but it's just because he stared while she was walking away and I the door the was open. I had the same thought. I know. <laughs> I At first, I thought when the camera panned forward her and there was a door behind her, I thought Ace was going to come through the door. <laughs> and then when it panned again, I was like, oh, she left the bedroom door open, which was kind of, but that was her bedroom door, right? That was open. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. the other door was the closet or bathroom or something. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I mean, the scene still works, but like. It does. Always just looking out for those nice moments. <laughs> Speak, can we talk about Ace a little bit? Yeah. He had a journey of his own <laughs> with George's great aunt, May. <laughs> he was so cute in those glasses. <laughs> talk about balancing the B plot that's operating more like a C plot type of story. Again, I mean, Nancy Drew writers, I have no idea if you're doing clinics or workshops, but like, let me know. I will sign up <laughs> because <laughs> the balancing was so good you have this really heavy storyline with nancy and nick uh, about dolores and then you have this lighter but not as light story with george and her her great aunt and just the way that like 
they're playful in um but she's carrying the weight of not going to go see her and her aunt has this great line um that I really loved it was it's not it's not a path forward if it's not going anywhere <laughs> it's a hole in the ground and I was like as oh auntie spicy but true <laughs> I loved it yeah I love the the we have a little dose of levity in the middle mm-hmm. of it that didn't feel like over the top it didn't feel like they crammed it in it felt really natural to have ace have the spirit in him with these glasses on which is visually like it's funny it's yes. right it's funny <laughs> um but there was still a weight to that storyline where george get, had got to have her moment and then realized that like oh yeah i'm in trouble and in that the when ace comes back into his body um when george says just please don't tell anybody that like Odette's taking over. He was crying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Alex, who plays Ace, I have to say that was such a great. He's such a great emotive actor because, like, you you were like, were the tears coming from Aunt May beforehand, or was it coming from him? And you knew they were coming from him. He can he can really say so much with saying so. Because let's be honest, Ace doesn't use his words a lot. You can kind of see what's going on in his face and. Oh, that, a beautiful scene. Yes, is great quickly becoming everybody's rock, and very few people want to admit that outside of Bass. But he's he he's he cares so much about everyone, and he's there for everyone. And people will they'll use him for that, but they won't necessarily like always give him the credit. I just wanted to take a moment to give him the credit because Yes is always AC. there. <laughs> <laughs> I love the the men on the show, particularly Ace and Nick. I, ten out of ten. Yeah. 11 out of 10 just <laughs> the greatest male characters on the cw i well we're gonna we we've been planning that episode just a mm-hmm. heads up to listeners we're planning that episode and nick and ace will get their flowers <laughs> yes the best cw characters i just truly i think this is very much nancy's episode but it was also nick ace and george's as well mm-hmm. i think that the plot with george was subversive um because it starts as I assume that wasn't a great aunt that she didn't care for. And um, because of how she pops up out of Ace, she's like, you face round like a mooncake. And I was like, man. Coming in swinging, coming in hot. (laughs) Yes. But I actually, like, no, there's deep love between the two of them. Um, And one thing I absolutely adore about Nancy Drew is that love on this show um, is not elevated by degree of romance. Like the, the mm-hmm. love is very deep in all the relationships, regardless of its romantic, platonic, or familial. Uh, there's just an important weight given to all of the dynamics on the show. And even with poor Odette, I, I, I do, I kind of loved that they didn't have Mary be a woman who mourned for the rest of her life because they were mm-hmm. young. Um, and so, I mean, Auntie didn't have, who said that um, Odette was a footnote because it wasn't okay. <laughs> but like, but the reality of it being that Odette was a great love of her life, but she went on to love again and to have a wonderful life and be surrounded by family. I, that's a better story for Mary than to have been alone for however many, many years um, and be lost in the spirit realm the way that Odette is. Mm-hmm. and again the jo- the show does such a good job of making you feel things in a short amount of time because you completely understood why Odette felt crushed like that and then per Bess you could see the tears in her eyes as well because she was rooting for Odette as well so I mean like 
even when the even when the storylines don't have an awful lot of time to work with, they have an awful lot of story to work with. And that one you couldn't help. Odette's been such a pain in the neck for so long, but you couldn't help but feel <laughs> for it regardless. I know, poor Odette. Uh, she is gonna have to like book it out of George's body, though. Like yeah, I do TikTok, like her. I'm a, a. I'm we're. It's crunch time. <laughs> it's crunch time. Like interest when... is waning. <laughs> Also, with the line, the line on yeah, the lifeline is, is now is... we have we have a deadline. We have stakes now. It's the truth will come out because anything that George tries to keep secret usually doesn't for very mm-hmm. long. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of people that need to go, not that I dislike Detective Tamora, but I don't really know what he's adding for us other than <laughs> yeah. I I know that one the the. What was the episode? The the lust episode. I was yeah. kind of like, oh, I kind of like him now. And then in this one, I was kind of like, I'm over it. Yeah. He's still, he's fine. But the, he's not bringing much to the table. Mm. Sorry to that man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, when, when, the, when he used to be antagonistic, that served a purpose. He suddenly became a lustful object for Nancy. That served a purpose. Now he's kind of like the good person. In the punching bear. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It I don't really know what he's adding to the story. I don't know. Like Nancy's got the thing going with Gil at the moment. We know she's heading in the east direction slowly but surely. I don't really know what Detective Tamura's purpose is anymore, other than being the lawman of the town. And now that he's promised that the law that the, the police station in the town will do much, much better to make up for the horrendous way that Dolores was treated, maybe there'll be a purpose there. But he is he is just kind of coming across like one-dimensional lawman now, so much so that he had to kind of be written out of the scenario even though he was at the heart of it i know and then like nancy did not need him there like <laughs> he, he he asserted himself as being a detective she's and then she, she looked at him and she was just like oh nick's a, a car guy and, like as she was explaining why she wasn't going to him with it and i was like nancy I, I, this man is not of use to you <laughs> like, <laughs> we're, we're, we're too advanced i mean besides like possibly if she needed a warrant of some kind like she needed the ability to sneak up into anywhere but i'm just like you know what we can just remove the law enforcement from the equation because <laughs> they seem to impede her anyway yeah i feel like it'll take a step back a little bit um but the beginning yeah. of the episode when nancy was arrested it reminded me so much of veronica mars which i i, I don't like uh comparing the show to veronica mars because obviously veronica mars was wouldn't have existed without nancy during the beginning at all but um, just the tone of the characters, like Nancy and her handcuffs, like not taking it seriously. It was, it was such a Veronica Mars thing. Oh, when she <laughs> like, told him she given put lip him back on to the <laughs> Yeah, just giving lip to the sheriff. Like that's so Veronica Mars. <laughs> it is as oh, I can I can solve the mystery handcuff. That's fine. What which would be more confusing? <laughs> oh, if anybody that doesn't watch Nancy's room made it this far, I think. Just watch this episode, season two, episode 14. You don't need to know what's going on in the rest of the season. It's a spectacular episode. Mm-hmm. You will be entertained. You will be moved. Please watch it. It's so good. Uh, it's just an excellent episode of television, mm-hmm. not just on CW, just period. Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember when uh, seeing something, when an actor talking about a soap once, and they said that when handled right, television can tackle issues and raise awareness about things far better than politicians or famous people can. And I think that exa- that Nancy Drew episode is an example of that. It, it tackles something topical and important that it isn't being talked about enough and did it in an incredible, here's that word again, in an incredibly effective manner. 
outstanding episode and I know we praise this show constantly but I feel like this episode stood out among the rest amazing I mean we praise it so much though because it's deserved mm-hmm. uh, it is truly if enough people had watched it it would have went down as one of the best shows that have ever aired on television it, it's just a freaking masterpiece I just don't know how else to describe it just yeah. Retweet. Underline bold in italics. <laughs> <laughs> but that is it for this week's pod. I feel like you know ending on Nancy is always a serve. Because <laughs> just yeah. it truly is. Uh but so we will see y'all next week. We're the CW Spiral. I'm Sabrina. I'm Michael. I'm Reed. Bye y'all. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.